0: What are you excited to see this season for the Atlanta Falcons? We're excited to see the growth of Desmond Ritter and the upcoming changes under a new defensive coordinator. We'll break it down here with my guest on today's Locked On Falcons. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Serious Black and the very humble host of this illustrious Locked on Falcons podcast your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Falcons is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash Locked on NFL. And when you enter the promo code Locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style cooler. With every order and everyone out there, shout out to the everydayers. We thank you for making this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. So if you are watching on YouTube, you will notice a guest here. On this illustrious podcast, nothing but illustrious guests here on Locked on Falcons. And you can see his government name, but I'm going to refer to him as Fleek because that is what everybody else calls him. He is one of uh, the many members of the new Millennium Falcons podcast. Uh, Several of them have been guests on this podcast over the last several months. So we had to complete the set by having Fleek come on here and talk. You can, of course, find his other stuff with the Around the Block Network. Uh, But Fleek, my friend, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, what's up, man? Thank you for having me. Uh, I know this has been lining up for a long time. I'm glad we were able to actually get it done today.
0: Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you coming on because you know we're, we're approaching that dead time of the summer, and I just need content. So I appreciate yeah. you. You know, th- absolutely. This is, this is actually, you know, you're doing me a favor by coming on this podcast to, to talk about things. But um, My you know, we're we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons, and you know, there's been buzz and excitement building for this team the last. Several months, especially, it seems like everybody is now jumping on the Falcons bandwagon after the B. John Robinson selection. You know, everybody was hating on us in March when we weren't going after a certain quarterback. But now it seems like we're getting a lot of love from certain segments out there in the mainstream national football media. But I'm curious, Fleek, from your perspective, what is the thing that you're most excited to see develop or come forth this season for this Atlanta Falcons team?
1: Me, myself it's to see the growth of Desmond Ritter. I want to see if he's truly taking the next step. You know, like you said, there was this whole March thing we went through and we didn't go after the the good guy up there in Baltimore and everybody. You know, Desmond Ritter, is this a joke? I, you know, I've seen articles like, what's that guy's name? So there there have been a lot of things said about Desmond Ritter that, like, if what his teammates were saying so far and what the coaches are saying so far is true of him, you know, taking the next step and looking – Uh, as confident as ever, energetic as ever. Uh, A.J. Terrell said he's fitting balls into tight windows right now. So, like, hey, if Ritter is really taking the next step, that, you know, heightens the ceiling of this offense completely. You know, if we want to be an explosive offense like I know we can be, we do need Desmond to be able to at least be, uh, you know, the point guard of the offense, you know what I'm saying, at least be able to get the ball to the playmakers accurately and efficiently.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that that is the thing that is kind of hanging over the season. I know a lot of people were hoping that we would kind of know what Desmond Ritter was by the end of last season. We didn't quite get a full answer. We got glimpses of that and hopefully we'll have a a much better idea by the end of this season, but seeing sort of the growth that he can show from what he did last year uh, at the end of last year to this year. And then over the course of this upcoming season, I think it's certainly something for me, you know, in addition to seeing what Desmond Ritter's growth is, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what Ryan Nielsen does as the defensive coordinator, what he can do for this defense, right? I've long been a believer in, you know, it's all about the Jimmys and Joes rather than X's and O's on defense. And it kind of allows me to go into this with a lot more optimism because like Ryan Nielsen is not, is, is just completely unknown commodity. He's been like a D-line coach and he hasn't really done anything. And so, you know, as someone who's been like charting the defense for like the last 4 years, I'm I'm curious to see, you know, what new wrinkles and what different things he's going to bring to the table, you know, in year 5 and and seemingly unlike the previous defensive coordinators, you know, is is going to have much more assets to work with than some of the previous regimes had, and so I'm I'm very eager to see what that is. So, um, I'm curious do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, man, you know, the hire of Ryan Nielsen, I know at the time, you know, we there were rumors that we had talked to Vic Fangio and a couple of other people. I think Brian Flores, Flores came in, um, and then we hired Ryan Nielsen. And at the time, to be completely honest with you, I didn't know too much about him, but the more research I did on him and, and the more I watched New Orleans, unfortunately, <laughs> I realized, okay, this guy's hands-on with the defensive line, and that's something that we've long struggled with, pass rushing, affecting the, the quarterback, on all fronts, and um, the fact that we've got a guy who has a mini track record of being able to put forth uh, at least a, a decent to good defensive line every year, right? To bring him into Atlanta and to also sign these guys, to bring David Onyemada with him, right? To bring Caden Ellis, two guys who he's, he's uh, familiar with, right? The way he used Caden Ellis last year, I'd be, I'm really interested to see what he does this year with him in Atlanta as well. Um, I'm excited. I think Ryan Nielsen, you know, I know he's never called plays, you know, technically, but I think Ryan Nielsen will be able to get this defensive line going. And with guys like Grady Jarrett already being here, like that will just, it's just, I don't know. I'm excited about the defensive line, man.
0: Yeah, man. I I get you, man. We finally got Grady some help. And like, to me, I know a lot of people look at the, he hasn't called plays as a negative, but I kind of look at it as a positive because like, so often, I don't know, maybe it's just I'm jaded, but like when we get a new D coordinator, everybody's like, oh, this guy's going to magically fix all these problems. And I'm like, if you actually look at their body of work, like there's no indicator that like I remember when Dean Pease took over and everybody's like, oh, Dean Pease will be able to scheme up a pass rush. And I'm like, if you actually look at the good pass rushes Dean Pease has had, it was basically because uh, T-Sizzle, Terrell Suggs and, and Elvis Doomerville were wrecking shop. It wasn't because he was scheming yeah. up anything. And so now with like Ryan Nielsen, it's like, I don't even, like, I can't even hate on him. You know, it's just like, there's yeah, nothing, yeah. there's no body of work for me to be like, well, you know, actually, this is true. We just don't know. And so that at least makes me a little bit more excited because it's just like a, a complete unknown at this point. Now, it could go wrong. It could go right. You know, it could go any way in between. It's just, you know, it's just an unknown at this point, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows?
0: So, yeah. So we're going to flip the script and talk about some of the things that we're maybe a little bit more nervous about for this upcoming season. The thing that may keep us up at night uh, worrying about this Falcon team. And we'll get into that here with Fleek here on today's Locked On Falcons. But first, guys, I'm going to tell you about Bird Dogs, who provide super comfortable pants, shorts and sweatpants. They have these stretched khaki pants that are designed to fit slimmer on the thigh and leg. And that's going to give you that truly sculpted look that I know all of you guys are out there looking for. You know, you're, you're looking at Mike Davis's thighs and you're wondering, how can I get that sculpted look? And Bird Dogs is, of course, the place to do so. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restrictive cotton. Bird Dogs invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And of course, that is something so many of us have to deal with in the Georgia heat. I got a pair of sweats and shorts myself. And what makes them great is they're built-in liners that keep everything. And I mean everything, guys. Snug, nice, and cozy. So try them yourself by going to birddogs.com. Slash locked on NFL and enter the promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So fleek, my friend. Yes, sir. What is the thing that, you know, we're talking about the things we just finished talking about the things that we're most excited to see about this Falcon team. Well, what's the thing that, you know, you're a little bit nervous about, you're a little bit skeptical about heading into the season?
1: Arthur Smith's play calling and usage of these positionless players that we do have, right? Kyle Pitts put up a thousand yards in his rookie season, and I, we all saw how the quarterback situation was last season. He had opportunities, right? But there's still a part of me that just, I just don't know for sure that even though we have Bijan, who could be used everywhere. I just can't tell you for certain he'll be used uh, as he should be, especially early in the season. Maybe they'll settle into stuff like I've heard you say before, but I can't tell you that Kyle Pitts will take the next step forward, and that's a big thing to me uh, coming up in year three. We need Kyle Pitts to take a big step, and if Arthur Smith opens the playbook and and, uh, ups his usage in the passing game and allows him to do that, then, you know, that'll be what what that'll be. But in order for this offense to be explosive, Arthur Smith has to draw it up, right? Because guys like Bijan are going to shine. He's going to make plays out of things that look like nothing. Um, But we need him in open field. We need him out in space against linebackers and safeties running routes, right? Um, We need him to be using a McCaffrey-esque role, in my opinion. So if Arthur Smith can do that, I think it's green pastures. But I just don't know. That he's shown with absolute certainty that I can believe that that'll happen.
0: Now I'm I'm curious, uh, maybe, yeah. Do you think that's a question of the offense's ceiling, or is that a question of the offense's floor? If you If I you think, get my dress,
1: I think it's a question of the offense's ceiling because I think with our run game, we've seen what the floor could be. Because I think. I don't expect the run game to take a step back. I expect it to take a step forward, and we were already top five in every metric, right? And we've, we won seven games off the back of the run game last year, and then you add B. John Robinson, right? You add Bergeron, who I'm assuming will be the starting left guard going forward. Um, so I expect that to take a step forward, and if Desmond Ritter takes a step, and if Kyle Pitts takes a step, and then if Arthur Smith is able to finesse the playbook like I think he can, then that's when you take that step up and be in, in touch closer to the ceiling of what the offense would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with if Arthur Smith's play calling is exactly as it has been, as you say, like we'll be fine on offense. We just won't be the, you know, we won't be, we'll be that team that's just kind of like solid, but like not, you know, like every game is going to basically come down to, somebody has to make a play and it's going to be the defense or or maybe, you know, Bijan breaks a 40 yard run or Kyle Pitts breaks one of those things. And you just don't quite know if that week is going to be the week where they get it. Right. Like that to me is kind of the floor for this team, this upcoming season. But if Arthur Smith's play calling can consistently put guys in a position to succeed. And we've seen him do that in the run game, but we just haven't consistently seen it in the past. And we've seen flashes of, it, as you said, with Kyle Pitts, with Drake London, with, you know, Desmond Ritter and all that stuff. But it's just kind of fitting all those pieces together. So, like, this passing offense, I think, can be this, like, cohesive, you know, consistent, reliable unit that you can trust. Okay, every week we're going to get 24, 27 or more points each and every week. And it won't just simply because, oh, we ran for 180 yards or something like that, you know. So no. I, I think I think that's a, a, certainly a thing that I am concerned about as well. Um, and you know, I was curious, what was that one thing for you? And that's kind of in the similar line for me. Is there, is there anything? Oh, you you have another point.
1: I was going to say, you know, Arthur Smith has made it a point to say plenty of times this off season that the entire goal for him is to become a more balanced offensive attack, right? He wants it to be a lot closer to 50, 50 than what it was last year. And if that's going to ring true, then, you know, guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London are going to have to step up and make plays because who knows, there may be days where our run game isn't as efficient as others, right? And then you have to take it over the air. You have to take it um, up top, right? Mm -hmm. So they just have to be prepared to make plays. Everybody has to be ready because that's the power of having these quote-unquote unicorns all over the field is when a team can hone in and stop Bijan, Kyle Pitts has to be able to eat. Right? Drake London has to be able to eat. John o. Smith has to be able to eat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they just gotta be ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I think we know that the running game will be kind of a, a, a bedrock foundation sort of thing that they we're, as you just said we, we don't know if they're going to always be consistent but like we feel pretty good because they were pretty consistent last year with teams gearing up to stop them but i am wondering a little bit is there going to be that one playmaker in the passing game and and maybe this is just by julio jones nostalgia where you just always know that okay well julio julio's gonna ball every week right yeah. you know even yeah. if he doesn't necessarily you know put up m- huge numbers every single week which he didn't but like you, you know who the game plan is going to be geared to stop Julio. Right. And you can build the rest of your offense around that. And I just wonder if we'll have, if if that's Drake London, if that's Kyle Pitts, I feel like Kyle Pitts is the player most positioned to be able to be that type of player. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: as you say, like, will we, will we see that develop this year? I think is is a legit question heading into the summer. Yeah. Well, uh, we still got some other questions heading into the summer. Uh, And I'm curious to pick Fleek's brain on, you know, what camp battle is he most intrigued uh, to see unfold over the course of July and August in the coming months? And we'll break that down as we wrap up today's Locked On Falcons. But uh, I want to give another shout out to my everydayers that make this podcast their first listen. And for those of you that will be checking us out tomorrow for your first listen, we will take a deeper look into the Falcons OTAs uh, with mandatory minicamp coming next week, but we'll also talk uh, a little bit about the impact of Avery Williams's season-ending injury with the ACL tear and how that affects the Falcons' running back depth as well as their special teams uh, this upcoming season. So that will be in store for you on tomorrow's first listen. So wrapping up today's episode here with Fleek, and uh, before we get into your most intriguing camp battle, we just touched upon a little bit about uh you know tomorrow we'll be talking about Avery Williams I'm just curious to pick your brain on what you know your reaction to hearing that news today that Avery Williams will be out for the season with the ACL tear
1: I mean it sucks you hate to see it right this is a versatile guy who has stepped up and done everything that coaches have asked of him he's obviously really good in the return game I think he's led the league in return yards or yards per return um the past two seasons I could be wrong about that but at least one of the past two seasons he's uh led in the last two seasons he's at least been top three so that's obviously going to be a blow there I'm not exactly sure who will step into that role especially on punt returns um I'd be interested I've, I've heard a few names Josh Ali and stuff that you know Arthur Smith said in the press conference earlier but who really knows I saw B. John Robinson back there today a little bit and <laughs> some clips from OTAs so I mean I doubt that they will put him in that line of fire yeah. but who knows? I don't know. Art might be a crazy man. But, yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a blow to the team, man. You hate to hear that. But I, I uh, hope for a speedy recovery for him, and I hope to see him back next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that injury is going to impact the running back room, the kick return, punt return room as well, you know, the special teams coverage. And I think it might impact the wide receiver room a little bit because it, it did seem like the Falcons maybe were going to offset some of the concerns that people hear me talk about weekly on this podcast, such as potentially trading for Corey Davis. I don't think this is going to be the week guys, uh, but you know, it, it did feel like the Falcons would be able to offset maybe some of the concerns that they had at that wide receiver position by playing guys like CP and Avery Williams, a little bit more there in addition, of course, to be John Robinson. Uh, but so that may be a blow, but we'll, we'll explore that deeper on tomorrow's episode here on Locked On Falcons. And we'll wrap up today's episode Talking about, you know, what kind of training camp battles are you most intrigued by? What, what is the one that you're sort of circling that you're curious to see how it all plays out this summer?
1: Uh, for me, and I think may, a lot of people could probably agree with this, it's the nickel cornerback position or slot cornerback position. Um, okay, you got Mike Hughes, you got D Alfred, you got uh Clark Phillips, a third. I feel like I'm missing somebody, you got Darren Hall, right? I guess Darren Hall still
0: technically yeah sure guy. you're sure
1: he's right he's still around he's still around right he's in the <laughs> building so d Alfred is a guy who stepped up and played in a, a couple of games last year i know he had the interception at the end of the game against cleveland um he made a few big plays um i'm a i'm a d alford fan uh you know a guy came from the canadian football league was a rookie of the year there came down to atlanta and I mean, he made plays. He made the team, first of all, last year, which was already big. And then when he played, he made plays, right? Darren Hall, I like what I've seen out of him. He, he's made a few plays, too. He's a little small, so is Alfred. But most of these guys aren't huge, right? But I'm, I'm really interested to see how that plays out because if I'm assuming Okuda will lock up that other boundary corner opposite of A.J., so if you have AJ and Okuda there, whoever wins that nickel spot, if we can get solid to good play from them, the the ceiling of the secondary is crazy with having Jesse Bates. And then I believe having Jesse Bates is going to allow Richie to roam, right? So that's why that nickel spot is almost like the last piece of the puzzle in my mind, because that can make everything work.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. That that was, for me, the most intriguing uh spot and you know whether it's Phillips or Hughes or Alford I think it you know you can make the case for any one of those guys so it it truly feels like a toss up going into training camp that any one of those guys I I I kind of been see- secretly rooting for for D Alford to kind of win the job if I yeah, can yeah. say so myself just based off of you know seeing him play reasonably well last year in that role and sort of seeing like hey maybe this guy should be getting more opportunities than you know say like Cornell Armstrong and and by the end of the season, Darren Hall was just like, ugh, I don't know about this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know about Darren Hall at the end of the season. Uh m- midway through the season, I was I was fine with Darren Hall, but like uh-huh. by the end of the season, I was like, uh, this, yeah. this is not looking not looking great. So I, I agree with you. I think the secondary has a lot of promise, it's just a lot of unknowns, right? Like you know AJ Terrell's good, you know uh Jesse Bates is good. I think we know Richie Grant is at least solid, I think. Yeah, would you would agree with that? So. Yeah, okay. I would
1: agree. With you. I'm a Richie Grant fan. Like, okay, because like I've, I've, I've been hearing a lot of
0: Richie Grant question marks the last couple of weeks, and I'm just like, oh, this is this is still a thing. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm I, glad I'm glad someone else out there is is not selling all the Richie Grant stock at this point.
1: Yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm a Richie Grant fan. That guy has made plays. He's a magnet. His peanut punch is like <laughs> chef's kiss. Like, and and if he's uh allowed to roam closer to the line of scrimmage this year, that just that bodes well for him. So yeah. Like,
0: I, I agree. Think he takes a step. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I like I like the potential of the secondary. There's a, it's a lot of young guys. And so if, you know, these guys hit, you know, this thing can grow into something I, I think really in, intriguing in the years to come. So that to me was also the position uh, that I'm curious and, and just kind of like, while we're talking about the nickel cornerback spot, like who's, Who's going to make the roster? Like, I, I feel like AJ Terrell and Cuda and, and Hughes and Clark Phillips are probably locks at this point in time, but yeah. is the Alford guaranteed a roster spot is Trey flowers or Darren Hall or these guys on the outside looking in or, you know, you know, Cornell Armstrong and all that stuff. So I'll be curious to see how that all plays out. The other position I throw out there is the left guard position. Cause I guess in, besides the nickel cornerback is the only other real starting position. That's technically up for grabs. Yeah. And as you said earlier, you know, I, I too think Matthew Bergeron is probably going to win that job, but, you know, maybe Matt Hennessy, you know, puts up a fight, you know, going into a contract year because, you know, kind of got. That's it. true. He kind of got. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to be mad if Matt is out there balling in the contract right. year, you know, right. a, a big contract. So, you know, I'll do your thing, it. Matt. You know, yeah. either Matt, Matt Hennessy, Matt Bergeron, whatever. Both of them. <laughs>
1: No matter what.
0: Yeah. So, uh, any any uh, parting thoughts, uh, Fleek? Before we uh, duck out of here,
1: I'm just excited, man. Like i I'm, you know, like you said, we're about to hit the dead period. It is June, early June, right? So we got about two months of like nothing, <laughs> you know. So I'm looking forward to that, right? More so, I'm looking forward to getting over this hunt, man, and seeing if the Falcons can really do what they're planning on doing and playing 20 or 21 games.
0: So, there you go. There you go. We'll yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But Fleek, let the people know, Uh, you know, where they can find your government name, uh, where they can find <laughs> your other stuff. You know, what? whatever things you'll be working on over the course of this, you know, dead period coming up in, in this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, man. So you can probably only find my government name right there on this episode. <laughs> uh, everywhere else you can find me at Ron Rico Season on Twitter. Uh, everybody knows me as Fleek. New Millennium Falcons podcast at N M Falcons on Twitter. Follow us and you know watch the show, man. We do this every week too, or we're trying to get back to doing it every week. So yeah, just come on over and join the party, man. Just more Falcons fans having fun.
0: Absolutely, guys, check it out. uh One of my regular listens. I, I check it out pretty consistently when they, ah. when they do it. So you know, hey,
1: you like Aaron? You like me? <laughs>
0: Let's watch the pod. Hey. Okay. Yeah, that, that works. That works. So, yeah, go check it out, guys. Um, And we'll be back tomorrow with more Avery Williams stuff and whatever else is going on with the Falcons. I've been checked out all week. So I, I don't really know <laughs> what's going on. So uh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll figure that out on tomorrow's episode. So continue to make Lockdown Falcons your first listen. For your second listen, go ahead, check out Lockdown NFL Podcast to find out what's going on with the other 31 NFL teams. It's all part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every